Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. You are listening to The Road to Enlightenment. I have to say, this is a live show. I'm back on the air. I was gone for the last couple of weeks. I've been airing replays uh, as I battled through bronchitis and walking pneumonia and a host of other issues. So it's really, really awesome for me to be back live on the air. As I said, this is The Road to Enlightenment. I am your host, Kelly Fitzgerald. Last month, I had this guy on my show talking about mind exercising. That really proved to be a popular topic, so he is back on today. Welcome back to the show, Wade Bloodgood. Thanks for being on. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah, (laughs) it it was rough there for a while, but you know (laughs) what we were talking yeah, I, I anyone who knows me knows this time of year I always get bronchitis it's like you can set you can write it on the calendar years in advance and that's what happened again this year in spite of my best efforts to avoid it but uh, you should write something time you were, else on the calendar yes <laughs> yes that I am not you know doing saying? bronchitis yes yeah like exactly. you should get you know, uh, 2017's calendar about this time and write how good you're feeling and all of that stuff and see how that works out for you. You know, I'm going to do that. Um, That's one of the things I want to touch on because what I found in talking with many other people who have gone through some kind of a health issue, and I know I've battled a number of health issues in my life, um, your state of mind is incredibly important. And I think that really goes along with your topic of mind exercising, doesn't it? I do believe it does, yes. Let's, let's hand get hand into hand that. Hand. Yeah, let's, let's get into that about how mind exercising um, works and what is it for those people who missed the last, the last show you were on. We did have a number of questions pertaining to how do you choose an affirmation, and where do you start? So if you want to kind of take us through it, how do you start out using an affirmation, and and how do you decide what affirmation you use? How do you write your own? Well, for me, in the beginning, the process was just very simple. Um, The parts of me that didn't feel good that I needed to validate and bring to give it attention, give the negative attention. I needed to say, well, what were those things that I wanted to give a positive affirmation to? So first I had to acknowledge what was the problem. The problem for me was self-worth, self-love, insecurities. And so I had to, um, if it's love, then I I began to tell myself that I am love. Very, very simple. (laughs) Just start off telling yourself if love is the problem and you're suffering in that area of feeling less of love or less of worth, remind yourself and tell yourself that I am worthy, uh, I am love, I deserve love, uh, I believe in myself, all the things that build, all the things that you would tell somebody else that you loved, like a little kid or something, you know, you would just bathe yourself in the nice, positive words of what love is. And remind yourself 
that you are that. It's going to feel uncomfortable and you aren't going to agree with it because it's hard to tell ourselves something that we don't believe. And so at first you're going to feel uncomfortable like, well, this is stupid. A lot of the time you're going to think this is dumb, this isn't doing anything. But you need to keep doing it. You need to keep reminding yourself that you are loved, that you are important. And so that's how you could start off an affirmation. But in time, you can grow those, or right away you can grow those into sentences. You can, you know, um, wait, I lo- like I've been telling myself a lot lately, just randomly, out of the blue, just, and I say, wait, I love you. And I say, no, I really, really love you. Like, you, you've really been standing up for yourself, and you've really made yourself an importance, and you've really done a lot of work that nobody can see um, on the outside, um, but you're feeling it so much on the inside, it is beginning to reflect in a way that you don't have to even speak words. People are noticing that you're less angry, that you're um, more loving, that you actually do take the time to listen a little bit more than just railroad people down in a conversation. And all of those things come from me self-loving myself when I have, did I get off track? (laughs) No, no, that's actually perfect. I think that's what trips people up, though, is when they start out and they're saying, yeah, but I don't really like myself much, you know, much less love myself. It's important to keep going. And you do change on the inside. And when you start changing on the inside, it starts showing outside. And one of the things that I started doing years ago when I, when I started down my journey of using affirmations is I would just keep saying it even if I didn't believe it because at first you really kind of don't when you're just starting out. So you find, just find something that you like about yourself. You You know, I have phrases. Yes. Phrases is a good way to say it. You find the words and the things that you need to hear. And yeah, you don't like, that's why I call it mind exercise. Otherwise it'd just be called positive affirmation and you could key into like Louise Hayes. She has a great program for anybody that wants to uh, – if you have a hard time finding positive affirmations for yourself, I would recommend going to her website or even just Googling positive affirmations, whatever your subject is, if it, whatever your subject is for you. I, I can't – I don't know what it is. There's so many. But for me, it was self-worth, uh, lack of love, all of those things I was – uh, completely depressed and because I believed that I couldn't be loved and that I didn't have any worth it, there was nothing for me to offer anybody and so by reminding myself that those that that was not true because see I believe on my own and a lot of people we didn't just come to this place of depression we either have been involved in some things that have happened to us or people have said something to us and that stuff had People could call you dumb all day. If you don't believe it, it never really sticks. But imagine that one time one person does say it that matters to you, or and, and, and they say, well, yes. you're dumb, and it sticks. And now all of a sudden you've identified yourself with somebody that's dumb, but that's not who you are. It's somebody else's right. outside opinion or perspective in a moment. And the truth is, is you got to get real with yourself. Um, if somebody calls you dumb, uh, I'm not saying that anybody deserves to be attacked, but – Let's not like internalize it. That's how I was a big internalizer. So when somebody says, 
you're not worthwhile. Well, oh my God, it, I believe it so much. I mean, I might as well just go kill myself. Well, the truth is, is sometimes we aren't worthwhile. Sometimes we do act worthless. Sometimes we do act dumb. But that does not mean that's who you are all the time. Doesn't mean that's who you live. All, it's just not who you are all the time. And when you start to believe that you are, what happens is you start to act that way in a lot of ways and you attract people into your life that are going to mistreat you. They're abused too. They either take the role of being the victim or the abuser. And really the abuser victimizes themselves all the time. If you sit back and watch an abuser, you'll notice that they treat themselves pretty much like they treat everybody else. We just don't see it. We just don't see it because a lot of time they're punching us in the face. So I say, but look at what he does to himself. He punches himself in the face every day. You just don't see it. On, you just don't see it in the bruises and the swelling. But he beats himself up every day, and then when you get near him, guess what happens? And you get punched too. And so it's not who that's you are. It's, a, it's an outside person. It's an it's these outside ideas of somebody else. That's a wonderful point. I, I'd kind of like to expand on that a little bit because in my coaching, I've worked with a lot of people who have been through an abusive relationship, whether it was a child, or, you know, or, or they were abused as a child, or it was a romantic relationship, or they were just bullied all the time. And what you just said is a really profound truth that many, many people need to hear that the abuser, that bully, is also very, very insecure and is really treating themselves the same way they bully everyone else. Um, it's a very sure sign not, that these behaviors are these are these behaviors are red flags all day long. It doesn't matter if you're in the store yeah. and you see somebody acting up and you're just observing it like. These are the signs that we have insecurities. And a lot of the time, it's hard for us to look in the mirror and give ourselves a positive affirmation and say, I, I love you to ourselves. Imagine how much harder it is to go and admit the things that you really know are the ugly parts of you that you wish aren't you, but you keep lying to yourself or saying it can get better or whatever. And it's never going to get better unless you start to do the work. Right. And, and that work is a process. You know, I think Absolutely. a lot of times people will sort of half-heartedly do that inner work, and that's what we're talking about. We're talking about doing that inner work, um, yeah. loving yourself, respecting yourself. People kind of think, oh, well, I read a book on positive self-affirmations, so I'm fixed now. No, it has to keep, you have to keep going. You know, that's, well, that's I would like say if you read um, if you read that book and you um, and you felt better and, and everything changed and your abusive relationship wasn't abusive anymore, then I'd say it absolutely did. And, and you should maybe share how you allowed it to apply it so quickly. So because people want this dream of genie, they go, well, I read the book. I did it for a week. I'm still in this horrible relationship. I still hate my job. I right. still feel unworthy. I go, yeah, well, this is something I've been doing. I've, Wade's been doing it now for this is over three years now of like every day I exercise. Like this is me going to the gym in my mind. Right. Right. And it, it, and it becomes a lifestyle change. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And, then, and, and then it's, then it's you, not something oh, oh, that's oh, one and done. No, no go ahead. Go ahead. And, 
and for the people that like <clears throat> just try to back it up a little bit i think like when we're being abused by people like my my father used like he was a very violent man as far as like he would hit my mom he would hit us kids like he punched my brother at four years old in the head and my brother had a knot on his head for a week and the bruising on this wow. four-year-old head kid i wasn't even born this is if i had been told um because my brother was the first so he got it the worst you know um uh, but my dad at that time, it wasn't like anybody called the cops. And my mom said, yeah, well, when friends would come over during that week, like to barbecue and drink with your dad, he'd say, yeah, he talked back to me. Look what I did to him talking back. Like it, it was like a, a badge of honor or something. And the kid's four years old getting punched by a full grown man that was trained in Vietnam to kill people with his hands. He shouldn't be touching right. anybody, you know? And so, but, but, but the truth is, 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 is that's the type of father I had. And, Sometimes when we have abusive parents like that, and that's where our first sign of where love comes from. You know, our dad would beat, beat us, and then he would come and cry, and then he would say, he's so sorry, he'd never do it again. And then the vicious cycle would happen a week later or just make him mad maybe even the next day. And there was different levels of his anger, but I, I equated a lot of anger and his ways with love. And so it's completely dysfunctional. Right. So a lot of men, women, and children, if that's what they experience as, as kids and we don't know when we get into these relationships, it's just perpetuating what we believe is love. But as you start to do mind exercises and you start to – you know it's not real love. You want to know why, guys? Because it doesn't feel good. Yeah, I love yeah. my dad. I love my dad and he's dead. But guess what? When he was beating me, I didn't love him. I didn't like it. And, and that was a, a sure sign that something wasn't right there. It, 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 and, and, and I didn't know this either because I was the victim, but now that I've grown to this place, I have so much more compassion for my father and anybody else. When I see somebody that's really, really angry, right away I understand it's something deeper that I don't understand their story. Like, everybody wants everybody to understand. Well, you don't understand, you don't understand. Well, you don't understand theirs either. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't justify the abuser to abuse you. But what you can do is if you recognize this and you're being victimized, first thing you need to do for yourself is you need to get away. The best thing love you can give yes. to an abuser is to get away from them. It's helpful for them and it's helpful for you because you're potentially, by doing this, you're actually saving both of your lives. Is it easy? You're not abandoning them. You can still love them and give them everything they need from a distance that's safe for you and them. Like when, people, when the cops go up on an edge where somebody's going to jump, they don't sit on the edge with their legs over the side with the guy right next to him where he can grab them and take them with them. They stand back about 15 feet and they remind him all the good things of life, you know? So he, he makes the decision to say, I'm not going to do it. And he steps back off the ledge into safety. And then when he's back into a safer place, now we can communicate where it's not a danger for you or I, you know? Uh, because we, these people still need help. If we just abandon or we get a, if you're a victim, get away. If, but if you're a victim and it, it's, and you see that these people, you can help them. If we don't find a way to send help to these abusers or find a way to communicate to them that they can fix their unworthiness and their insecurities inside that have made them so angry where they're doing this, then we haven't really done any justice for society or the community because this individual, no matter if it's man, woman, or child, is going to go out and, and continue this type of behavior towards somebody else. And then 
what we do is there becomes a pattern of many victims in the past of this abuser. I really want to reach the abusers because you didn't deserve it. And, and then we don't deserve it to do it to other people. Now, I know we think that this is normal because this has been going on to us our whole lives because our fathers have done it or our mothers or whoever. And, and then we've gone into adult relationships where they're, this has just continued what we think is normal. But you know, you know it's not. And if you, you, can, you can stop these behavior. You can stop your – I used to be very, very angry, and I could not talk to people properly because I would – scream at everybody. And I don't do that anymore. I'm not saying that you still won't get angry. Yes, we will feel emotions in life, but you will, with mind exercise, positive affirmation, mirror work, meditation, actually going to the gym and exercising is good as well, eating better, drinking water, hydrating. There's a lot of different things that are adding to our, a lot of things that we're not doing that we could do that are very simple that could help with simple things like our anxiety and our anger and our frustration. And when we can kind of step back from these things a little bit, that gives us the space you know, to work with, to like make a better choice. You, you mentioned something about hydrating better and eating better. And that is really, when I started out on my journey, that was really my first step. And I think that's a step that so many people take for granted. And what happens when you start taking better care of your body, almost automatically, almost undetectably, you start loving yourself a little bit more. Because when you love something, you take care of it. And when you start taking care of yourself, it really helps build that self-love. It's amazing how well that works. Um, But but going back a little bit, I've, I've said for years that I think in schools, in kindergarten, in first grade, nursery school even, we need to start teaching kids loving themselves. And I think we could really eliminate a lot of the bullying and a lot of the the hate that uh, goes on as adults in the adult world if we would start teaching little children how to love themselves. And empathy, realizing that someone who is lashing out and bullying someone else probably is not having a really good time of things at home. One of the, the things going that I've on there. <laughs> yes, yes, you know, and, and one of the sign. things. It's such and, a huge sign. Yes, yes, and you know that's one of the huge triggers that um, many of the teachers that I've worked with. I've done a number of teacher workshops, and one of the big things that they say is when they have a kid in their class that is bullying others, they kind of take a little bit of extra time and try to communicate with that kid more because everyone knows that abuse is normally runs in family. It is passed down from generation to generation to generation because that's what they think, that's what they grow up thinking is acceptable behavior. And if we can stop that, when the first signs start happening, when the kids are really young, I think we can, we can break that chain. 
I absolutely agree with you. I would love to find a way or if there's a create an organization, be a part of an organization, be a part of the people that visit these schools for assemblies, Um, uh, find a way to even work with schools to find out how can we get a program like this in, because I think it's valuable to have an adult come in or a teacher where you could come in, Um, even someone like myself that could say, hey, look, for the kids that we already know that are troubled, they would send me to different classes thinking other things of me, and I've been dis... The one thing, I have like ADHD is what I have, but I've been diagnosed with a lot of other things. And I have PTSD as well, and I've been diagnosed with that as well. But like, if we can recognize the kids that have these particular issues, um, not that everybody should learn mindfulness and loving themselves, but we can really put them in a class where they could have a teacher that could say, you know, I come from a, a household where things weren't so great. They have somebody they can relate to because what I noticed when it comes to me as a kid, there was no adults that could relate, and any of them that did were outdated. There was no future thinkers in my life. They were all, well, when I was a kid, this is the way it was, and we were actually getting it lighter than they did. So, oh, my God, thank God we were actually born when we were born. (laughs) We got abused actually less than they got abused. Thank thank you for being so nice to us, and you're, you know, um, and they they were trying to do a better job. I hate to paint the picture of my parents being like horrible people, they did love me and they did do their best. And I do recognize why they were faulty in the areas that they were, you know, they would do much better now because they, well, not my father, but I believe my mother would. She was very much more open-minded, but but I I believe exactly what you're saying. Kids need this at a younger age because I think if children could have that support of realizing and understanding why we're even a bully, you know, like, why am I bullying? Well, they do, we, we don't, the, the father that he's learning it from or his mother or the top or whatever it is that, that makes a kid do that, there's something that they got to observe. Well, the kids are smart enough to make the connection and go, oh, oh, this is why. Or maybe right. this kid is being bullied at home because I hear a lot of dads talk to their sons. I don't know how they talk to their daughters, but I hear a lot of dads talk to their sons in ways that I feel is bullying because they were raised with the man, man mentality. You're not supposed to cry. Uh, you know, yeah. pull your yep. weight Valley. Yep. They almost put the boy down by calling him a girl, which I want to remind the men. Right. Uh, women are much more stronger than we ever will. I don't care what you want to say. I'll argue all day. Women nurture our lives here. They, they carry so much weight on their, on their plate that we don't, they don't ever even get any credit. There's still the one thing being held down in the world. And it's a shame. It's a shame because if we lifted women up and we loved women more from girls, and I'm not talking love, not sex, not perverted bullshit, like right. love from your right. heart, the things you care about, like an animal or your child or these things, like that's the type of love. There's so many levels. Um, but like if we could start loving women and empowering them more and, and, and uh, you know, not calling them a bitch, yeah, sometimes we can all be a bitch, but women are not bitches. Women are not stupid. Women's places not to be in the kitchen and the barefoot and pregnant. Women are so intelligent. We need to give them the credit they deserve. We need to put them on the pedestals. Right. If we're the king, they're the queens. We need to hold them right up in the standard. And if you do history, kings, queens might have been silent. They might not have spoken out in the public eye or whatever. But listen, the king did not make any decision without asking the queen, what do I do, exactly. honey? Exactly. And yeah. and if we don't recognize that, oh, 
we can go ahead and change racism and we could change all this. If we don't start loving our women, people, if we don't start fighting for the life of our women in this world, it's going down. It's going down because we need women. And without women, we don't have anything. And we treat them horribly. We treat them horribly. And, and, and they feel that that's what they deserve. And they're living up to a horrible standard of like, I got it, just all of this self-image, which, which boils back down to like uh, mind exercising and, and, and your self-worth and stuff. But I see a lot of like, well, big girl being big is what's normal and what's natural. And this is pretty. And at the same time, we're putting down skinny people. Now, listen, some skinny girls would love to put on the weight and some big girls would love to lose right. some weight. You really both are beautiful and not one or the other is any beautiful or like it, it, it was an industry and a corporation that tried to make skinny beautiful. It, it, it's doing it right now. It's flipping the script and saying, right. Hey, every 30 years or 40 years, that's beautiful. And every, every, and then right. it's skinny beautiful. And the models look like <laughs> yep. this and we can play with your guys' emotions all we want. But what you really need to realize is if you're skinny, don't put down somebody that's uh, big and beautiful. And if you're big, don't put down somebody that's skinny. You're both beautiful. That's it. Stop separating yourselves in a category of what beauty is or what isn't. We're all beautiful, whether you're big, small, in a wheelchair, not in a wheel. I don't care if you're just a head on a platter. You're, you're beautiful. That's it. It doesn't matter. You're not, in, you're not in to compare yourself to somebody else's beauty in the first place. You're here to recognize what your beauty is. Right. I, I think teaching line. people – teaching people we are each an individual who is a piece of the whole rather than trying to make everyone look like everyone else. Um, I think that's, that has done a lot uh, just trying to make people conform and fit into that box that has done more to damage people's self-esteem than anything else. And I think it's time that we get back to, you are an individual. You are an individual. Every one of us is an individual. We're all a piece of the whole, and we all need to love each other and work together, but uh, you should not try to be someone else. And how many times have you heard a parent who has multiple children say, why can't you be more like your brother, or why can't you be more like your sister? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you know, the, that's that's always a, a trigger for me. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> or or my uh, mom used really to use undermining. things like this. Like my mom would say, like you, you. Well, in a way, hey, why can't you be more like your brother? Let's just say your brother was really good at something. Now I know it's comparison, but it it could be positive. Like hey, if you tried a little bit harder, I guess there would be positive ways right. of spinning that for me. But, like, my mom would say, you're, get out of my sight. You remind me just of your father. Like, things like that being told <laughs> to me was like, yep. well, then I'm just disgusting because I never heard anybody saying anything nice about him. So this made me feel like right. a little jerk. Like, if they go, you know, you know, you think you're so good. Be you think you're just as great as your dad. You can just do everything. That actually might have been a good that might have been right. It might not have been good for my right. ego, but, <laughs> but it could have built me up in self confidence. What we need, and then we need to learn what an ego is, and learn to put that thing in a humble check. You know, <laughs> right, right, exactly. I, there was a video going around. <laughs> there was a, a video going around yesterday on social media uh, that Mayim Bialik did about um, people who are always told they're, they're too sensitive. And, and she talked about rephrasing that. 
instead of, oh, you're so sensitive, go, you are so sensitive. You know, it, totally different inflection with the same words has a whole other meaning. And Tone of voice sometimes means those comp- a lot. <laughs> yep, yep. And it, it's um, really important to uh, kind of pay attention as parents or teachers or anyone who's working with with uh, kids especially, um, really pay attention to what you say to them and how you say it because it can last well into adulthood. It can. You know, I think for teachers altogether, like, I think just it'd be great if they had these classes for kids, but I see this as just like it doesn't really matter. My grandmother's 91 years old, and I'm telling you, I – I'm finding out the stem of why everybody's everybody says, oh, she's a lot of bad words. Let's put it that way. And I go, that's my grandma, you know, and I don't hear my uncles defending their wives that are saying whatever. And I'm like, so I ask my grandma the hard questions, like inquiring mind wants to know, why are you so rude to grandpa? Why are you so bitter? Why are you so negative? And this and that. And then she answers the questions like, no, she wished maybe somebody answered. She had all of these illusions. She believed that my stepfather cheated on her, like, when she had their first kid. Well, he never did. He never, ever, ever did. But for 60 years in pictures, this woman has a bitter face on it. She couldn't smile. Before she was married, you could see pictures of her with her mom and her dad and her sister, and all of them kind of had, like, a frown, and she looked like she was a movie star, so gorgeous and beautiful. But after marriage and one kid, a frown, and I said, Grandma, what happened? She goes, well, your grandfather cheated on me. And he said, I never, and so I talked with him. He said, absolutely not. So then we had that talk in front of each other so they could work that out a little bit. Because she would say things to him, just go to hell. And I go, Grandma, you guys are 89 years old and you're telling them go to hell. You could literally (laughs) die in 10 minutes. That's not how you want to be. And like, why are you so mad? And he thinks I'm stupid. I never heard my grandfather ever tell my grandma stupid. She pretty much implies that he thinks that she's stupid. And and, and I do listen to like the tone of voice. It's just something that she was caught up in her own mind. And for all of this time, she's been suffering and he's been suffering and he's still loving her the whole time. It's my wife. She's bitter. I'll get over it. She raised the kids, whatever, whatever. And she just, and and so I've been working with her. I explained to her mind exercise. I explained to her, we got through the negative story that isn't true. And now when I go, and I also told her, if you behave this way towards him when I come around, I ain't coming around. Well, I can see him downstairs. I don't have to come up and see you. Because negativity, I'm not about that. Not at 90, not at 9. <laughs> I mean, you can right. throw your tantrum, <laughs> but they have to be very short like a 9-year-old. Like, hey, I don't like this, whatever, and we can deal with it. But, like, you're going on for 60-something-odd years, woman. And so now when I come over, she's happy. I hear her say nice things. They talk these loving stories of, like, times of love and joy. So even in her bitter times of being bitter because of the memory of he cheated, she – there were – they were making great times. They were making beautiful music. And once she stopped focusing on that one bitter skip in the record that wasn't even true, she seemed like a pretty nice flower to be around. I mean, she still has that 90 years of that 60 something odd years of pattern uh, behavior kind of being a a negative Nancy. And so she still kind of has that, but she Mm -hmm. is way, as far as I'm concerned, Mind exercise and positive affirmation has helped her work through that. And to to look at the negative stories of the story and say, what part of this is really true? And what, and at this point, 
is it worth holding on to? Right. I mean, even if it was true, right. you still stuck with the guy for all this time. And being bitter hasn't changed anything but you guys arguing all the time. And so <clears throat> uh, it, it was, it's cool yeah. to be able to see somebody at 90 years old apply some of this positive thinking and, 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 and seeing it work, like, at least when I come around. I don't know what the other family members are saying, if, if they noticed a difference or not, you know. And, and I'm, you said I'm before betting the they time. had. Well, well, I should reach yeah, out I'm, and I'm, find I'm, out. <laughs> the last time yeah, we that would be interesting. about gratitude, I think we have a delay. Yep. <laughs> the, the last time that we had talked, um, you had talked about gratitude being so important. And with mind, with mind exercise and positive affirmation and stuff, that is another key player in the game. Like, being grateful, I'm grateful for everything at this point. Thank you for waking up. If the guy cuts me off, thank you for cutting me off. I mean, obviously the guy's in a hurry. I don't even understand the story, so why get mad? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And really, don't worry about being so thankful for the guy that cuts you off. Just don't give that any attention. Just be thankful for all the things that you're grateful for, and guess what happens? It gives you more things to be grateful for. Um, yes. It takes people... Yes out of your life, people that don't know how to be grateful, this is something I'm noticing. I don't have to cut the toxic people out of my life. Before when I was very toxic and I was vibrating at a very different frequency of, of negativity and this and that, um, those people show up every day. I, I mean, I couldn't, go, I couldn't get a farm enough out of town. I'd still run into them. Well, now I'm just, and I did cut these people out of my life, so they're not showing up anytime soon. But what I have noticed is I've changed my frequency from negative to positive. Negative things do happen to me, and I try to adjust accordingly as quick as possible. But but the fact is, is like more and more positivity is brought around me. Somebody negative can sit down next to me, and all of a sudden we're in a positive conversation. And they're thanking me when they get up and leave that they got to run into somebody like me during the day because they've been having such a shitty day. So I'm bringing something with my good vibration to everybody, and even negative vibration doesn't really have much energy around me because unless I give it, unless I give it the attention it's asking for and I entertain it, then it'll take me into a whole movie and a show that will ruin your, will run my life for however long I decide to sit there, you know, but you can get up at any time and say, this isn't for me and leave. And then if you're vibrating on a much positive energy, um, coming into a negative situation, that's what you're going to bring to the table. A lot of the time when I'm upset with somebody, I address them when I'm upset with them. I don't go home, calm down, get rational about what it is I need to say, feel good about them, love them, know that I care about them. I'm just upset about this one situation. And then approach it from, I care about you. I love you. And now, and when you do that, guess what? You're not attacking your husband or your boyfriend or you're not beating your wife because you come not from the place of anger. You said, I am angry, but let me separate myself from this at the moment and come back to it when I'm feeling a little better about my vibration. Because when you're angry or you're frustrated, let's just say you're frustrated and then you try to engage and fix the problem with that frustrated energy pretty soon you're going to find out now you're angry. Well, that anger, depending on who you are, 
can be a hundred miles an hour, or it could be very like, oh, hey, right. the guy's getting upset. We better fix our face, you know, or whatever it is that he wants us to do. <laughs> but, so if we start to re- right. realize with gratitude and appreciation and conscious of of our energy as well, um, you you don't ever have to get to a level of out of control where you can't where you felt like because nobody wants. I know I keep using this, but nobody wants to hit. Any, nobody wants to beat their children or their wife. Right. Nobody right. wants to beat themselves up. Like my my brother. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I should or shouldn't talk about him, but he. he I'm going to do it anyway. He, he he is a little bit more angry because he was, as a kid, he was getting punched on a lot sooner. Right. And he he likes getting in fights. Honestly, I believe he likes the physical pounding because he I think equates that to love somewhere inside, whether he can admit it or not. But he's an adult at 40-something odd years old, and he can be out getting in the street fight at any given time, and that's not, not hel- that's not healthy for him or anybody at 40-something odd years old. Exactly. Right. And, and even though I know he's, he's smart and he recognizes a lot of these things, there's still a lot of self-inner things going on where when you have that type of anger or you – when you're – let's just say you're a guy and you're, you're, you've, you've been a – You've been um, abusing your girlfriend or your wife or your child, and you know that it's not right, and you really want to stop, and you just you've been trying, and you just don't know how, and you're like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I know this isn't right, and those feelings suck in you. But what you need to realize is this: is if you just start from this standpoint of saying to yourself, Well, how did I get to this point of doing this to the people I love? If you go backwards, you may have blocked it out, but mirror work will help you get back there. Looking in the mirror and, and starting to say, how did I get here? Um, and why am I doing this? And where did I learn this? It'll take you back to where you learned that. And it was probably from a parent or an uncle or somebody. It might have even been an older sibling or somebody, but you learned it from somebody and realize that that's not who you are. And then, at that point too, if it's a person that you love, like your father, and you, so you think, oh well, this is what people that this is what a father that loves a person does to his wife and his kids. You go back there and you realize this is kind of part of a reparenting program that I'm trying to get together with a friend, but is like we're going to reparent you to realize that that's not you. you we're we're going to recognize that that's not how that's not the true way of parenting we know that you learned that when you were one years old and six months old and the minute you were born you were born into like this abuse and that's all you've ever observed so it's so deep rooted that it it just seems natural to you and you're like i don't even know why i do this i don't want to beat her i don't want her to leave i love them it's not really who you are it was your parent and they were suffering and if you just look in the mirror and you realize it, it reparenting yourself is mind exercise it's different forms of it, and there's different steps that you're taking, but it's it's basically taking yourself back to when you're a kid, and we're gonna we're gonna give ourselves what our parents didn't. We're gonna show ourselves what our parents didn't show us, and we're gonna re put in what we already know is the truth. We're, we're gonna, but and, and it's work. You're gonna need a coach. You're gonna need somebody because you're gonna have days where you're gonna yell at your life, wife, and maybe you're gonna slap her. And we, we want her to leave. We want her to go to a shelter and get away from you while you get help. But if, if people are in this 
scenario because most people don't leave the abusive relationship. They stay there and try to work it out while it gets better, and it never yep. does. If, right. if you can talk your boyfriend into it, or if you got an abusive girlfriend, it really doesn't matter who, or if you recognize yourself as an abusive parent, um, to get a hold of me, because I do have some friends, and we're working on this, and we'll help you work on taking steps to get into this new place, because you have to begin to implement new exercise patterns, because your mind, even though I know you don't want to do it, you keep doing it, don't you? And so these patterns, we've got to break them up for you. We've got to break them up and we've got to weaken them. And we're going to strengthen other parts of your mind that are going to allow you to have control of those things. But over time, it is a process. I'm going from abuse, going to blow my brains out almost four years later. Mind exercise has got me talking the way I am on the phone now. Um, This is not even the same person. So I know that all of you out there that are suffering from, whether it be depression, anger, all of these things, life can get way better, and and you deserve it. Not only the people around you, because I hear a lot of people say, well, for my kids or my wife. Listen, do it for them, but do it for you too, because you matter the most. And if you give yourself the love and treat yourself with that respect, guess what? You automatically empower them to do the same for themselves. And they're going to do it because they're going to observe you doing it for yourself. And when you do it for you, you bathe people in it too. Like what you give somebody in that extra energy, because you can talk to kids that came from a family where they got a little bit of that, or they got a lot of that and they can run a million miles and never believe that they can't. You get a kid that was told three times that he couldn't and he was stupid and the kid can run faster than everybody, but he doesn't. And, and, and I'm learning to, I'm learning to all the positive affirmation that a person does like mirror work is really hard. And people say, well, it's hard for me to do it. And I don't believe it. It, it. it is. But what you do is you just keep doing it and it grows and it grows and it grows. And so you don't see, it doesn't, you don't notice in the beginning and you're like, this is awkward. This isn't working, but we're growing every day like a little tiny hair and it's hard to measure, but in the long run, you'll be able to measure it by, you'll be able to get in a car and drive miles in the measurement. And, and, and I just need you guys to know that it's a process. You got to keep, keep going at it and keep plugging away and keep telling yourself these beautiful things um, that are true about you. So you can remind yourself who you really are and it just gets better and better and better. It really does, and I, I want to go back to the reparenting thing that you were talking about. If someone is listening and they're interested in that, how can they find you, and um, how are, when are you going to start this, this program? Well, I'm working on it right now with my friend Carolyn, and I've got so much on my plate that I'm trying to do within my own programs, and and. And if any, I actually need help as well. Don't ever be afraid to ask for help, people. I'm going through a lot of different stages, and I'm just talking with a, a few things with Kelly, but I'm, I'm into meditation and other things, and I, I would like to talk about that on other shows because I think there's other people that are, could understand where I'm at because I'm, I'm coming into this unfolding. And so right. a lot of this mind exercise and reparenting, me and, me and uh, Carolyn have actually been working – on the ideas and we've been practicing what reparenting is now for considerable amount of time that we would like to be able to put this into a package program or be able to do that. I just, 
I'm not necessarily a school or a book type person, and I know where my strengths lie, and I need some outside help with people that know how to put this stuff from our mind into a paper form so I could deliver in a workshop, so I could deliver in a seminar, or like you were asking how, who do we get a hold of to do this? You could get a hold of Mm -hmm. me, and you can talk with me and Carolyn, and we can take you through the steps and stages of things that we're doing and, and, and what it is. But I'd really like to be able to do that in a, in a stage where we could not only sit down and, and be able to deliver it to you in a way where it's going to fully be able to nourish you and you be able to get the full benefits from it. And then to be able to send you home with some stuff so when you're wondering what, you have stuff to go back to reflect in the information. And then, and then be able to call us at any time because I, we want, I'm moving in. I want to be able to help people's lives and kind of be a coach, but – I got a lot of ideas that we're not talking about right now, but (laughs) I am certain of that because there's, there's just not enough time to talk about it and I will ramble on, but with the reparenting, (laughs) you can get a hold of uh, Wade Bloodgood at outlook.com. And then um, I haven't spoke to Carolyn about putting, putting any of her information out or anything like that. So, but I do know this is something that we're working towards that we're very passionate about. And we would like to eventually, um, you know, work to having like more like a wellness type center where people can come to these, to a place and, and be able to immerse yourself in a weekend program. Or, you know, if it's your local community, you could come and, and involve yourself in a workshop after work or something where you can start to gain, gather some of this information and the tools. So um, once you get the tools and we learn, show you how to use them, you can go and, and, and build anything you want with these things. A lot of the time we have tools, people, but we don't know how to use them, so we never build anything. Right. Or sometimes we have ideas of wanting to build stuff, but we don't have the tools. So if we can gather everything, all the little things that we need, and you don't have to be a professional builder of anything. Just have an imagination of wanting a better life, and you can build it. Stages that me, myself, and other people that can walk you through where we have been and where, where it all leads you, you know, this is just an unfolding for me. So I just, I feel like I've been doing my exercise long enough and mirror exercise long enough that I can come to the public and say, I know what I'm talking about and I know what the results are because look at me now. And only I can tell you what that looks like by my stories, you know, (laughs) because if you looked at me now, I don't resemble that person anymore in a lot of ways. I'm a completely different person exactly. in, on my inside. And that's what I want for everybody else, for you to find that beautiful person within you. Because once you find that, you're going to reflect it all over the world. You're going to reflect it to anybody that comes in your life, to your children, to your wife, to yourself. You'll want to give more. You, you, greed will go away. Yeah, you still want to make a lot of money. Yeah, you still want to do things, but you'll find things that you're good at. You'll find things that you like to do. And it won't be about the money because you'll be getting paid in all of these other ways that are about prosperity and wealth and not about the greed of a dollar bill that can evaporate at any moment and mean nothing. And it doesn't matter if you have millions, you can be broke tomorrow if they decide to take that bill away and say money doesn't mean much. <laughs> right. So you right. better have a positive right. attitude and realize your real treasures are your wife and your kids and, and be thankful for the job you have that keeps the roof over your head, even if you don't like your 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 boss or some of the people there focus on the people that you do like there and focus on the things that are there that um, 
bring the good things for your life that you do, that you're grateful for. And basically that's your family. For everybody, it's our family. And if you don't have family, it's your pets. Go home and love your pet. <laughs> the more you, right. I love or, my dog because friends. I constantly yeah. am loving him. I love him so much that when you give that much love to something, it's loving yourself too. And, exactly. and so yep. Yep. some of us that don't have like an outer connection of people, your pet is your beautiful thing, man. Love your pet and remind your pet how important your pet is to you and how grateful you are because by doing that to your pet, just like if you're doing it to your wife or your kids, it's, you're telling yourself that too, you, you know, and we have that love in us. And when you realize that you have that love to give to an animal, even if you feel like you can't give it to a human being, <laughs> that love is really in you. And it's so important to know that you are that love too. That dog would not yes. stick around. Dogs, dog, animals know bad. They'll run away. If you have a cat and you mistreat it, unless you tie it up or a dog, you chain it up and don't let it out, it will run away. It, it'll yes. run away. Yes. And, and some of them that were beat when they were kids are a lot of like us that were abused. We stick around even when there's no train and we can run because we think that's what real love is. But the truth is, is it's not. <laughs> Exactly. Because love and does not chain you or cage you or abuse you. Right. Right. Love is freedom. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's something that people don't realize is the more you love something, the more love you, re you receive. And uh, people don't always realize that. But uh, we are just about out of time. I want to um, briefly here plug a project I am working on. We're doing a compilation book about domestic violence. If you have a story you would like to share or you know someone with a story, it uh, doesn't have to be women, men, children, any, anyone who has had a domestic violence event, we are still looking for a couple of co-authors. So please uh, pass that word along. And I want to once again thank Wade Blood good, my guest today. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to have you back on a regular basis because these uh, the shows that with you are um, really really great for a lot of people to listen to. So I want to thank you for your time. Thank you, Kelly, so much. I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. And yeah, I'm not scripted. I'm kind of kind of like Russell Brand a little bit. He always says uh, he's an erratic, an erratic thinker and he's a high, a high adrenalized person. And I'm like, yeah, I am too. But as I look into it more, it's, that's our ADHD talking. It's like, yes, yes. <laughs> that is it a is. sign of it a real is. high ADHD type person. It's like, um, I just really free flow and just, I'm all, all over the place, but it all connects the dots at, at some point. <laughs> it does. It does. And it's awesome. Oh. So uh, I thank you for your time and thank, thank you, you very much. everyone. Oh, you're very welcome. Come back again. We'll have to do this again. Thank you guys for Absolutely. listening and everybody have a beautiful, beautiful day. Have a great day. Thank Bye you. now.